was thinking this morning, what are the questions that I would have hoped for someone to ask us while we were in YC? So I'm just going to go through as many of them as I can. I wrote, I wrote down 19. Let's see if we how many we get to. So quick context. We went through YC from January to March of 2017. We ended up growing the business from 5000 a month in revenue to north of 80000 a month in revenue in 12 weeks. And raised $3.1 million from some of the most amazing humans uh, who happen to have checkbooks, Michael Seibel, Paul Buchheit, Liz Wessel, Kleiner Perkins, Social Capital, Fuel Capital. So that's some quick context. Now, first question number one, is fundraising the only thing that you can do to capitalize on Demo Day? Absolutely not. In fact, uh, it's what led to decisions that ultimately led to our failure. I'll get into that. So one, what else can you do to capitalize on on, on Demo Day? Well, you could use it as an opportunity to acquire customers. That one is pretty intuitive. You have companies, whether it's Alumni Demo Day or the actual Investor Demo Day. You, and if you're selling to uh, enterprise companies, perfect. But two, these are also companies who are looking to hire. Who, and, and you didn't start your company or you didn't go through YC to, you know, to necessarily get acquired. I certainly didn't think of it that way. Uh, while I was there in YC, I was thinking, let me grow my business as much as possible. Let me get to the next stage for us to raise money, to get to you know, millions of dollars in revenue, to become a billion dollar company and, and, and generate that much value for, for people. With that said, you should know that one option is an aqua hire. And you could use Demo Day as a, as, a, as a way to accelerate an acquisition, whether that's your team, if you don't have much revenue, but you have a good team, whether or if you have a team and you have the revenue, that could be also a potential attractive opportunity where, let's say, you get stock and some cash, uh, but you really, you're hedging on, you're really interested in the stock in the parent company. So let's just say, for example, Airbnb acquires you and you get you know x millions of shares or whatever in in airbnb um so it's not to say that that is the outcome that you should do but or the customer route is what you should do or fundraising what you should do you should know that these are options and based off your circumstance you might want to consider that those other options are better use of your time than thinking about fundraising because look fundraising is a means to an end but by no, by, but it's definitely not the means. You could not raise money and be perfectly fine, which is again another option. Just forget getting customers, forget getting acquired. Just make a, an actual business. All good options. Well, depending on your, depending on, depending on your circumstances. So the next question is: Should we raise money and why? So if you feel that okay, so what happens when you raise money? What happens when we raise money? <laughs> when we raise money. All of a sudden, we went from having really no, no uh, real pull, nothing that pulled us towards having expectations, to having a ton of expectations. What, what do I mean by that? When you raise money, all of a sudden, you're supposed to multiply that money, right? You raise money to get to certain milestones more quickly. Well, let's say you're not reaching those milestones more quickly. Or let's say you have some revenue, but it's not actually going to provide it's not going to lead to exponential growth well now even if you wanted to sell that 
asset that you now, you've now built, your team, your company, if you've raised too much money or you raise money at too high of, ter- too high of terms, it's actually not going to be a good outcome. So your strategy uh, changes dramatically once you, once you raise. And so you should have strong conviction that to rule out the possibility of a smaller exit. So let's say you raise real example. Say you raise a million, three million bucks at a twenty million valuation, and you're generating a million dollars a year in revenue. Let's say you stay at a million in revenue, right? Okay, you're not going to sell that thing for twenty million bucks or anything higher than that. But let's say you want to sell for five, for for eight, <laughs> or you, let's say you grew a little bit more than a million. You want to sell for six to eight million dollars. Uh, whether that's a combination of cash, equity, whatever it is, that's not a good outcome for your investors. And that's certainly not the acquisition story that's going to change your life because you're not going to see any of that cash. Your investors get their money back first. So should you raise money? You should raise if you feel that in the bottom of your heart, not in the bottom of your brain, heart, every organ in your body, that this money, taking this money will allow you to reach personal goals that are that you're okay with. Because the moment you raise, your every decision, like I said, changes, and you eliminate certain outcomes for yourself personally. And if you have a small business that should stay small, you should strongly consider those ramifications. What would happen if we don't raise money is the next question. Okay, well, what would happen if you don't raise money? Uh, Again, it depends if if you have a business that is generating revenue and or even however minimum, but you see a path to profitability, great. Uh, Keep going. Um, No, but, but know that if you do ever decide to raise money and you don't raise money at Demo Day, that really is an unbelievable um, time to raise because of those dynamics being the way they are. Now, with that in mind, if you're not fully ready, I don't think you should raise. Um, some, a lot of investors say, and I'm sure some founders agree, raise more than you need. Well, if you don't really feel like you need anything, if it's not existential, let's say you run a consumer product and you actually need money to pay your bills until you figure out how to monetize, you know, that's different versus let's say you have a nice revenue, small jet, revenue generating business. And, and let's say you don't have a hockey stick. If you don't have a hockey stick, but you have some revenue, you're, really your raise should be more about the people. And I think regardless of how you approach Demo Day, you should really factor the per people part of it, sometimes more than the money. Uh, the money will be abundant uh, if you have the story at Demo Day. If you don't have the, the the narrative that allows you to have uh, really that kind of buying power <laughs> or selling power rather, then optimizing for for uh, the partners, the investors that have certain expertise or could provide you feedback or relationships that could really help you. Let's say you're an enterprise. Let's say whether it's let's say you you're some type of sales tool, automation, optimization thingy, which not neither of us understand what that means right now as I'm saying it out loud. But let's say Salesforce Ventures wants to invest and it's some type of sales tool. Well that could be a good good investor. Now I don't really know about that particular case, but the point being that 
Or let's say you're trying to build a, a, a freight company, so transporting goods. Well, maybe raising from someone uh, who's either invested or worked at or is the founder of Flexport would be a good fit. So anyway, uh, I'll wrap this up by saying it's not a big deal if you don't raise. Uh, it, it, it very well might mean you become you 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 get to a point where you have a business. <laughs> uh, so, and your decisions also, but and the, re, the way you get there is your decisions start becoming like how do we actually become a business? How do we grow in a healthy way? How do we fix existential issues of our business before we entertain raising? So, those are some thoughts. How should you raise money? Okay, so now let's say, let's say you actually do want to raise money at Demo Day. What do you do? All right. Either you're in the boat, you're in the camp of you have a good story or you don't. Uh, I'll go quickly with the story, with either camp, really. Let's go with both and then I'll separate them. You want to create FOMO. You want to create scarcity. These are common sales tactics, right? You're in a room of people who, where there isn't much room in your round. In fact, maybe there isn't any room in your round. The less availability you have, the less willing you are, the less you're selling, the more demand you're going to be generating. So let's say you're raising a million bucks. You already might be oversubscribed. Even if you're not, you are, if that makes sense. You are always good when it comes to the few days leading up to demo day. You'd never want to be in a position position where you're like, oh, would love to see if you're interested, um, you know, before demo day, unless like you're entered, unless these are angel investors who you have close relationships with, and you actually do want them to be involved before you actually go out and raise. Then get those people involved, but. As a, as a common sales tactic, if YC is telling you, hey, don't BCC everybody and you know, send individual emails, I'm sure that's a good tactic. But if you have the best selling power, you might want to BCC everybody and say you're already oversubscribed and then open up another 500K or a million or two and then see where the demand gets generated and then pick your pick people that you actually want to work with. So. Yeah, uh, the I wouldn't be thinking about the, the raise up to maybe a few days before demo day, at, at most a week where you want to start having, um, you want to, and the, and the reason I say that is that by then I hope that you've already developed enough, you've given people, some key people, enough context about your company that they have broadcasted it to their to, to their to their stakeholders. So let's say you've already told a founder of a company who's raised millions of dollars about what you're doing. Hopefully that founder is telling their investors, hey, I know the hottest company in the batch, or I know this company that isn't the hottest in the batch, but they have a great team and they're working on something really cool. So nothing better than having you know founders of other companies validate and vouch for you on uh, rather than you going out and selling. So by the time it comes, where you actually want to raise, you, you are, are already known. Um, and those t- initial touch points that are needed to create a sale have already been passed and you've done those. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and, and I would say in terms of how much you should raise uh, and how involved should the YC partners be, uh, right before I got on stage, I emailed the partners who I wanted 
uh, to, to be a part of our journey if they were interested. I emailed them literally right before I got on stage. I was in the back room, right, and a few people before I was up, I clicked sent on the emails to the partners that I wanted to have on board. Um, I wouldn't ask them before that. <laughs> and after it, it's a little bit chaotic, so you might not have the the bandwidth. Just get it out of the way right before. Um, and and let's say you have an investor who's like, oh, yeah, yeah you don't really have the revenue. Come back to me when you're at 10K MRR. MRR. That's that's cool. That's, an, that's a window. That's, that's a lens into uh, seeing how they think. And if that's someone who you really want to bring on board, then that's a trade-off that you now have to face. You could either raise money from people that you might not want to raise from or – you know, if you really trust that person, if you really want that person, then get to your 10K and raise from the person you actually want. I think the key, the one other takeaway is just we when we shut down the company, I was felt I felt extremely grateful that you know we raised from the people that we did because I kept them updated throughout this journey. They were incredibly supportive and helpful throughout this journey. And when we ended up shutting down. Um, you you want to make sure you're raising money from people who will be on cloud nine when they fund you, but also through the thick and thin of a company, uh, you have those key people that are willing to help. Wow, there's uh, a lot more questions here. Let's see. What is the main goal of Alumni Demo Day? Uh, alumni Demo Day is, is really an opportunity for you to raise a few angel checks, but also uh, create that FOMO and scarcity. So the alumni go to their investor friends and say, yo, this company is about to pop off and I just found out about them. You're going to find out about them in two days. You should really do something. So you really want to uh, take advantage of alumni demo day from that standpoint. Are we a startup or did we just grow really fast for three months? That's another question. Are we a startup or did we just grow really fast for three months? Okay. So startups versus small businesses. Uh, I think it was Andrew Chen who said that the only difference is that a startup grows exponentially versus a small business that grows more linearly. Uh, and you really should take a step back and say like, yeah, YC wanted us to grow 10% or 20% week over week for 12 weeks. Is that our truth? Is that really what we can sustain? Uh, how were we growing before? Can we grow this way moving forward profitably? And if the answer to that question is, I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, if the answer to that is, I don't know, because I mean, we, we have to wait and see, or if it's like genuinely like we did what we had to do to grow for these three months, I literally don't know whether or not like these tactics will ever work again, whether those were like one hit wonder tactics or not. Uh, you might want to validate that for yourself before raising a ton of money, increasing your expectations by orders of magnitude and drastically impacting the strategy irreversibly uh, of your company. Uh, what is an outcome that I personally would be okay with? I'm going to speed this up a little bit. So an outcome, okay, so when you started your company, you likely weren't thinking about, you know, personal gain. You weren't thinking about how much money you were going to make. You weren't thinking about how this is going to help your resume. You're probably thinking like, what is even a resume, right? Like this was something that you wanted to do because you saw a problem or you experienced the problem and you wanted to pursue it. It's important though to keep in mind that all to, that like where 
And this is something that I didn't do a good job of is thinking like, all right, well, five years down the line, what are the things I want to learn? What are the skills I want to have? Um, and, you know, I think when you're running your startup, you're always thinking about like now and yes, where is the direct, where's the ship going, making sure you're pointing the ship in the right direction. But you should also think like at the end of the day, this is a business and with a business, what are the outcomes that you would be okay with? Like, would you be okay if this, if your venture that you thought was a startup actually is a small business and you could spend the next 10 years getting it to, it will take you 12 years to get to 30 million ARR, but you'll grow slowly, but eventually you'll have a nice healthy exit and you know, your cap table is pretty clean. Would you be okay with a $10 million exit or a $5 million exit or forget an exit, just working on what you're doing for, for a long time and keeping that versus like, okay, you know what, we're going to go for a hundred million a plus or bust. And we're going to form a strategy that allows us to have a chance to create that much value. So really have a, a really genuine conversation with yourself and, you know, think about your family, think about your life, think about where you are in your life uh, and make that decision and then make decisions accordingly. Um, by the way, what is YC's goal with Demo Day and are our interests aligned? YC's goal with Demo Day is to showcase its products. Its products are us, the companies, right? We go on stage, the hot, the hottest products get a ton of money. They get sold for a lot of money, right? Or rather, shares of their company get sold for a lot of money. And that looks good for YC. YC then uh, has a good outcome personally when those companies become successful. That is that attracts the best investors. That helps potentially, I'm sure, with their fund, and really with the YC brand, right? Like that is the goal of Demo Day. YC's interests are to find a few companies that that win, just like any investor. So with that in mind, YC is not incentivized for you to stay a small business. They're just not. That's not how the economics of a venture work. So when you're getting information, when you're getting advice, know that the people that you're getting advice from are not thinking about you seeing a small business. You're not at YC to be a small business. You're at YC to accelerate in the accelerator, to be one of those hot products at Demo Day. So in order for you to have the clear picture for your company, I recommend appreciating the fact that being a small business is an option that is okay if that's what you want, right? Like that, that information is necessary for you to, to know to then be aware or more aware of your decision to go the venture route. I don't have much traction. What should we do? Look, if you don't have much traction, demo day is still an opportunity for you to learn. You're looking, you're, what you're doing with your startup, particularly if this is your first time doing it, like I was, you're learning how to learn. Like YC is an opportunity for you to learn frameworks, to meet people who can help you learn, to figure out the different processes in an organization, to understand how to, got interrupted by the phone, but YC is an opportunity for you to actually get that learning and community that allows you to learn how to build a business. Here's the thing with YC. You're three months in this program. You have this nurtured feeling and you come out of YC and now you actually have to learn how to build a company. Of course, YC doesn't end at Demo Day. They, you, you can book as many office hours as you want, but fundamentally you have to learn how to set up 
a hiring process, how to make sure your first hire is the right hire. So if you do, the question was, what do we do if we don't have traction? If you don't have traction, you should learn how to get traction. If whether or not your users want what you're building to really understand the methodologies that allow you to dig deeper in, in your discovery of the pain points of your users and whether or not you could find some sense of alignment when building software for them. So take advantage of Demo Day from, uh, from a standpoint of if you, if you don't have traction and you're like, uh, I don't really know, um, uh, we have a good team and we have this kind of, we have this thing and we don't really know too much. It's a problem that we kind of landed on. We don't really have a strong enough why. So look, use Demo Day to land at a company and make that a, look, there's probably a short list of 50 companies that are always looking to aqua hire awesome teams. Consider it. Consider it and use Demo Day as a way like, hey, we're raising, but really we're also entertaining, you know, acquisition offers. It's perfectly fine. Uh, but if you're like, oh, we, we don't have traction and we don't really know about Demo Day, so then defer. If you're like, look, we're going to keep going at our startup. We're going to learn. Use alumni Demo Day to get to, to, to meet as many founders as you can that are relevant to potentially helping you get closer to uh, product market fit. Uh, although you should probably just talk to your customers to do that. But if you lack the frameworks to learn, or if you feel like you do, I mean, it's helpful to talk to some, some people who've been there, done that. Uh, but, you know, first principles when it comes to product market fit. But anyway, you, you could just defer demo day. So it's not that big of a deal. Let's see. Uh, this is my first time doing this. Uh, so stamina let's see let's see let's see let's go question do you believe your vision okay next question is do you truly believe in your vision or have you painted a narrative that you now accept this truth that allows you to make it easier for you to raise money all right question is do you really believe in your vision this question is important because what got you into yc will not may not necessarily get you to the outcome that you want personally what do i mean by that when you apply to YC, and this is something that I tell the companies who I help with their application or with mock interviews, I tell them, what are the three things or what are three reasons why YC will not accept you into the batch? What are those three reasons? And try to answer or squash those three reasons in your interview when you're answering questions to alleviate their concerns. Now, that, on the one hand, is good because you alleviate their concerns and you increase your chances of getting into the batch. But how close to the truth were those answers? What do I mean by that? Let's say YC thinks that you're in a too small of a market. So you think one of the reasons why you won't get into YC is because your market is too small. So you might resolve that in the interview by painting a bigger picture of the market. You might say, hey, we are in the food space, but really we're not solving a, uh, a vegan problem. We're solving a problem that not only is for vegans, but it's for all people who eat. And in fact, it's not just for all people who eat. We're a logistics company, <laughs> like, like something that paints a much bigger light into what you're doing. Have you validated any of that? Have you had conversations to understand if those problems exist down that food chain? If the answer to those things are no, be aware that what gets you into YC should not be the narrative that you use to dictate how your company is presented. 
how your demo day will be, and ultimately your decision to raise money or not. The reason for that is once you start painting a picture that's not entirely aligned with your vision and what you're doing, you're going to point the ship in a direction that is not what you set out to do. In fact, you're going to think of it as truth and you're going to make decisions based off that truth that change the whole course of your company. You're going to raise money based off the narrative that you presented to the YC that got you into YC. And, and so when it comes to your vision, when it comes to why you did, you are doing what you're doing, if you feel strongly that you're curing cancer in the space that you are and you have a strong enough why and purpose and the narrative that you painted to YC, to investors has consistently been consistent to your truth, by all means, go do what you need to do to get it, get it there. But if at all you use your narrative to be presented in a better light from a sales standpoint, don't forget that point. Don't forget that that's what you did in order to look better. And don't make decisions based off that. Do you care about the customers you're building software for and do you even need to? So verbatim, I wrote, do you give a shit about the customers you are building software for and do you even need to? If you're a startup, okay, look, here's, okay, so I think it's important to care about the customer that you're building software for because you're going to, in the early days, spend a lot of time with those customers. And if you don't really care about solving their problem, like fundamentally don't care, like deeply, you don't care about solving that problem for them then it might be overcomplicating it. But for me, I, I, it's just not, it's not that exciting. You know, if, you, if there's no way for you to really, like if you're a small business and you're serving customers, I feel the same way. Like you should care about the customers that you're serving. You should feel good when you're solving that problem for them. And even if you're not feeling all warm and fuzzy, if it's not like, look, you don't have to, give someone a bionic arm or a prosthetic arm to feel warm and fuzzy. It could be simply as, look, we help people travel more comfortably when they go places. Great. And because we built this company, we're not only allowing for more flexible travel experiences, but we're also employing a team of people who, where we're impacting their lives, right? Like, like that gives you the warm and fuzzies. So you're, you care, so you care about the customer in the sense that like you actually feel like you're doing something beneficial for them. What's an example of something that you might not care about the customer? Let's say, let's say like the most boring spammy drip campaign software. You could look at it from one sense, like, oh my gosh, like no one's ever going to thank me in 10 years for dripping them through like SMS or email for like five years. You could have that mindset, but you could also have the mindset of, hey, we help customers, we help our customers find more customers through email. We help our customers grow their businesses. That has to be authentic. I think it has to be authentic because in order for you to build something genuinely meaningful with where, where the love and care is palpable when you go through that, that experience, I think you only achieve that by really caring about your customer. So keep that in mind. The reason I say actually keep that in mind is because I think it's an assumption that all YC companies care about their customers. 
Really, I do. I think that sometimes, especially when you're pivoting, when you're evolving, when you're even discovering, you might think you care. But when you go into the nitty gritty, like do you, let's say you're helping dentists, do you really care about dentists? Let's say no one in your family is a dentist and you never experienced pain points with dental appointments. And quite frankly, it's not a, the, the conversations that you have with dentists aren't that enjoyable. How long will you survive the test of time? Will When version 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7 don't work, will you continue on? If the answers to those questions are probably not, save yourself and find customers that you care about. Is your startup the best environment for you to learn a unique insight? Okay. This is a question that we we, we learned the hard way. Michael Seibel asked me, is, this, is your startup the best environment to learn a unique insight? And I think that question is, if you don't have an insight, so look, look, what are the, I think Kevin Hale mentioned this. It's like every company you're looking for, you're looking for what's the problem, what's the solution, what's the company's insight. Many companies start with a solution, yada, yada, yada. How do you find an insight into something? I think you find an insight into something by putting yourself in a situation where you're allowed to deeply understand a problem and also deeply understand an insight into what that problem actually means for those users. So when, when you're thinking about like, do you have, do you have an insight? That's what you should be thinking about. I'll leave it there for now. Let me know if you have any questions and look forward to recording the next episode.